Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about libraries. On the 23rd of April every year, Catalonia celebrates its patron saint, St George, or as the dragon slayer is known in these parts, St Jordi. At the heart of the festivities, along with roses, are books. So this year we thought what better way to mark the St Jordi weekend than by discovering some of Catalonia's unique collections, housed in some remarkable buildings. And best of all, it's free for members of the public to visit and to use. Joining me today is Gifrey Jordan. Hello, Gifrey. Good to see you. Hi, Lorcan. A pleasure to be here to talk about St. Jordi once more. Once more, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it in other years, but this year we're focusing on libraries. Before we get into that, maybe just in case people haven't heard our other podcast, we should give a bit of an idea of what St. Jordi is all about, what you can expect if you're on the streets for a St. Jordi day. All you need to know is that St. Jordi is the day of love in Catalonia, so we don't celebrate Valentine's Day, so it's our equivalent, let's say. And basically, people give as a present books and roses to each other uh, to, to, you know, just to show their love to another person. It doesn't need to be your wife or your husband or your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. You can, you it know... be your granny, your neighbor. Absolutely, you know? absolutely, absolutely. And on the other hand so we also give books to each other because this is the international book day actually 23rd ah, of, of course, april right. day of of the death of both shakespeare and cervantes you know that's why it's the international book day here okay and so wherever you are in catalonia uh, you'll have books on the streets and like these stands set up absolutely yeah you can find loads of book uh, stands authors signing books uh, local and international authors by the way check catalonews.com because we've done some uh, explainers on where to find this action and where to find your uh, favorite authors. You will also find florists. Loads of florists is the (laughs) best day for florists. They earn uh, one third of their uh, turnover in in roses on a single day. day, uh, It's a big day, a big day. And in Barcelona, for example, they make this big literary super block, they call it. So they close off loads of streets all around Passage de Gracia, which makes for a lovely atmosphere because you can kind of just amble through the streets and there's lots of people out and about. I remember the year kind of after the pandemic, it was especially nice because it was like, whoa, we haven't seen something like this in a while, you know. Absolutely. Expect loads of uh, crowds, let's say, because <laughs> especially because it's Sunday. We will have good weather. Last year it was raining. Uh, it was a bit of a chaos at some point of the day. But this year, it's going to be Sunday, good weather, so expect chaos, bring a bottle of water with you, because San Jordi is also, yeah, tough sometimes, <laughs> it's, let's it's, say. It's a, it's a long day, you know, a lot of books to get around, a lot of book stands to see. If you don't feel like going and buying books, of course, you can go to the libraries. We've got 442 public libraries here in total in Catalonia. I'm including 13 library buses in there, which is a great word in Catalan. Yeah, bibliobusos. Bibliobusos, what a word. Buses, bibliobusos. Fantastic word. And then there's uh, 429 libraries. The buses obviously go around those municipalities, those little villages where there isn't a permanent library. But actually 95% of people in Catalonia have a library in their municipality, in their town or or city. And you know, we are 7 million uh, Catalan residents and for instance, in 2021, we got uh, 13 million visits to libraries. Uh, but actually, this is 
much uh, fewer than before the pandemic. You know, the last pre-pandemic year, 2019, we had double the amount of visitors, 25 million visitors. That is every Catalan going more than three times a year. So 442 public libraries here, plus all the ones in universities and museums. But there's only one Biblioteca de Catalunya, the Library of Catalonia, which is Catalonia's national library and houses every single book that is published in Catalonia. Gifri went along to check it out and spoke to its director, Eugenia Serra. The Rubio y Luc gardens are just incredible. Nestled in the multi-ethnic, hectic neighbourhood of Raval, in Barcelona's old town, they are perfect for taking a rest. But you won't be on your own there. Tourists, art students, Raval residents, as well as occasionally homeless people, mingle in a space surrounded by the old Hospital de la Santa Creu, a magnificent set of 15th century Gothic buildings where Antoni Gaudí spent his final days after being run over by a tram. La Masana Art School and the Institute of Catalan Studies are now using the venue, as well as Catalonia's National Library, where I was so fortunate to spend some time the other day. The Biblioteca de Catalonia's impressive Gothic arches are stunning, but there's another thing specially unique about it, as the institution's director, Eugenia Serra, told me. She's saying here it holds a copy of every book published in Catalonia since 1981, as well as sound and video recordings and other written documents. Although she also says they have all major Catalan books since the Middle Ages, with no gaps. So it comes as no surprise that its physical collection exceeds 4.7 million books, that is 65 kilometers of shelves. Eugenia is a passionate librarian who's been working at the Library of Catalonia for four decades and can tell you every detail about it. What authors have donated their collections, unique documents they have, such as letters from Elizabeth Taylor, Greta Garbo and Grace Kelly, and what medieval texts they preserve. Actually, the earliest document they have dates back to the year 889, and they also have the Catalan language's earliest literary text, the Homilias documents. Every year, the library receives 150,000 new items, but is only able to handle around 130,000 of them, and normally decides to keep around 100,000 of them. The library boasts 115 terabytes in its digital collections, including saved versions of Catalan websites, digitized books, and old newspapers and magazines dating back to the 18th century. The main reading room is U-shaped, with a wooden floor beneath the building's gothic arches. This is a quite familiar space for me, so I couldn't help asking to get access to the restricted underground storage rooms. I'm glad I did. They're home to Catalonia's most valuable literary treasures and part of the country's heritage. Once I was there, surrounded by large old books and parchments and endless stacked shelves that can be moved with some sort of giant wheels, I became fully aware of where I was in Catalonia's Library of Alexandria. Our thanks to Eugenia Serra. 
I've seen some of the photos you took there, Geoffrey. I mean, it's amazing, the building, but also those old leather-bound books and stuff, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, Eugenia Serra knew what to show, to yeah. be honest. I mean, there, there are, as you just heard, 65 kilometers of, of shelves, but she just went to the best, one of the best shelves to show us super old books, like 15th, 14th century books. You know, all the corridors and all the underground storage rooms and so on. That is amazing. Yeah. And actually, Eugenia told us, okay, don't record the path we are doing for security reasons. Wow. You know, so we, I suppose, yeah, they're very valuable as well. Yeah, of course, of course. We just went to the storage rooms through a certain specific path that I cannot uh, reveal. <laughs> so it's, well, it's incredible, but it's a treasure of yeah. the country. You know, It's part of our identity. And as you just heard, books from... 800, uh, 1,000, I mean, pff, super old. If you want to go and see it, it's, uh, well, it's right in the centre of Barcelona, isn't it? It's close to La Bacaria, which, uh, you know, if, you're, if you don't know Barcelona that well, you still might know that. So in uh, the Raval area. Near La Rambla. La Rambla, yeah. So very much worth a visit. So that's the Biblioteca da Catalunya, Catalonia's National Library. That's unique, but there are loads of really interesting library buildings dotted around Catalonia, including in Barcelona, Guifrey. Oh, absolutely. Um, one of them, or one of the first I can think of, is the one at UPFA, uh, UPF University, Universitat Pompeu Fabra, in the Ciutadella campus. There is a tower, you know, called uh, Deposit de las Aigües. So it's this watered, an old water tower? Exactly, exactly. It was an old uh, water tower designed by architect uh, Josep Fonseré and with the participation of a young Antonio Gaudí. He was a student uh-huh. at the time in the 1870s. And, you know, it was inaugurated as a water tower to regulate a little bit the flow of the Ciutadella Park, one of the biggest parks in Barcelona. And, you know, after 100 years of several uses, now it is uh, part of this uh, UPF and it's a marvelous building. Yes. Uh, you've got to you've got to see it. To be honest, I'm I mean, just looking at the photos. And I mean, big high ceilings, huge big brick arches and stuff. It looks seems amazing. It's like an old cellar, but really well preserved and super spacious. Definitely it's, a place if you're a student, you'd, you'd fancy going to study there. You know, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, there's also beautiful new buildings as well, like, for example, in Gracia. Yeah, the Biblioteca Jaume Fuster. It's a, it's a new building. It won uh, the FAT Architecture Award. You know, architects Josep Linas and Juan Vera, the ones who planned this building. It was being described as especially good, uh, taking into account the, the urban connection between the library and the square where it is located there like, in Gracia. It's brilliant. It's like all the light coming in when you, again, I haven't been, but you're looking at the photos, uh, the, the the shape of the very, glass very is very irregular unique, shape. You know? and yeah. I haven't Maybe. been to that one, but I have been to one just outside Barcelona in Molins de Rey, my local library. And this is another fascinating building that, you know, just got on my doorstep. It's called a Biblioteca El Molí. So Molly being um, a windmill, a windmill, yeah. So I think it used to be an old flour factory, and uh, it was only opened as a library in March 2019. But I mean, again, beautiful reconstruction or, or you know, reworking of an old building and and putting it to good use because it's kind of right in the centre of town. You go in, there's so many activities happening, like all these libraries. It's not just you go and you take out books. Yeah, I wanted to make this point too. I mean, we're talking now about libraries. There's the sense of community that libraries create, especially for kids. You know, there's loads of activities for kids and and other services and other 
uh, sort of activities that yeah, it's not only going there and borrowing books, you know, no. it's it's something else. They've got a cultural program. It's worth checking. Yeah, absolutely. And lovely spaces to relax in or to do a bit of work or, you know, to take some time out. I mean, the last place I lived, the local library was this Bapor Bale in Sants, in the Sants neighbourhood of Barcelona. Again, another old factory, this time an old textile factory. But so you've just got these big windows and lots of light coming in. And they keep the kind of architectural elements like the big chimneys. I love that in Catalonia in general, all the industrial heritage. They have these huge chimneys everywhere. Yeah, some factories have been removed, but the chimneys, uh, some of them stand. And in Badalona, where you live, again, Gifre, another old textile factory that's been done up. Absolutely. I'm not envious about <laughs> Molins or Sands because we've got Cancasa Cuberta, one of the most important libraries in Badalona. And, and again, yeah, it's an old textile refurbished factory. It had some issues in the past few years. It was uh, closed during three very long years because there were some security issues that firefighters warned. And it took ages for, administ- for the administration to, to sort and fix. But it's now open again. Not fully open, but it's, 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 it's working again. I was there the other day and it's... Uh, as marvelous as, as usually. As always. So it's it's very nice to talk about libraries, also to, to refer to this industrial heritage of Catalonia. We were like a very big uh, power in the past in terms of industries, especially textile. And it's nice that they are still up for visits in the shape of libraries. Yeah. A lot of factories, a little bit further afield in Mataró, just uh, north of Barcelona along the coast. The library there used to be the city's slaughterhouse. Yeah, so, Biblioteca Antoni Gomes. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it sounds horrible probably for some people, a slaughterhouse, but the building is actually nice. Well, I'm sure people are happy if it sounds horrible that it's been converted into a, a beautiful library. And it's it's in this uh, Catalan modernism style, which is this Art Nouveau architecture style, which is, uh, you know, beautiful as well. Just again, absolutely, look. absolutely. I also wanted to mention about other uh, kind of buildings that have been refurbished, such as, for instance, in Lleida, the Biblioteca Pública de Lleida used to be a maternity ward. And now it is a library. It's being completely refurbished. It seems like a very new building from the inside, loads of glass, and but it's still the facade and so on. It's still the, the old building. The old maternity ward. Other really unique buildings uh, around Catalonia, you've got the Biblioteca Carles Morató in Solsona and the Biblioteca Popular de Bailes in Bailes, down in the south of Catalonia. Absolutely, among others. Check again, <laughs> check catalonians.com because we've just done uh, a full explainer on, on libraries. So check out for more details if you didn't get the names of what we are saying or if you want to know more about them or discover others. Now we're going to hear a report from Gerard Ascatchfolk, who went to another library. This one is the Arus Library. He spoke to Giuseppe Brunet. And this library is in the heart of Barcelona. But as Gerard found out, despite having hidden jewels inside, you could easily walk past it without noticing. I've walked by the Arus Public Library dozens of times, but I had never realised until the day I had to go for an interview there. And I only noticed that day because I had Google Maps guiding me around my own city. Yeah, sad but true. Hanging from the main door, there is a colorful stained glass lantern with the words Biblioteca Pública Arus. Just below, a large wooden door opens onto a white marble staircase crown with a very special statue. The sculpture is unmistakable, a replica of New York's and Paris's Statue of Liberty. Brunet, 
This is Josep Brunet, a member of the library's managing body. Rosend Arus was not only the library founder, he was also a writer, journalist, poet and playwright. He was a very passionate Federalist and Republican, and for him, the great Federal Republic was the United States. And in the US, they had a Statue of Liberty. So, before founding the library, Arus ordered a replica himself, actually more similar to the one in Paris than the one in the US. The library is located at number 26 Passage de San Juan, in one of Barcelona's trendiest areas. It is the oldest public library in the city and one of the first of its kind in Catalonia. The primary aim of the library was to be a public library, not in today's sense of publicly funded, but rather open to everyone. In 1895, there were no public libraries in Barcelona, just one in Villanova y la Geltrú, 50 kilometers south. The rest belongs to universities or churches. Inside Teru's public library, I felt more like I've traveled to an old American or British library, or at least the ones I know from the movies. One of the rooms has a small balcony with more bookshelves, and another has several mosaics with figures such as Mozart, the composer, Velázquez, the painter, and Cervantes, the writer. When it opened in 1895, the library's goal was to teach workers to read and write, but some of the first books it kept were about masonry and anarchism. A partir d'aquí, pues, donar la luquera Rosén Arús, Rosenda Rus was a Freemason and a founding member of the first symbolic Grand Lodge of Catalonia. So, since its foundation, the library has received books on Freemasonry and anarchism, as the first librarian was an anarchist and a Freemason. The library is home to 82,000 volumes, but it spent years closed because of the Francoist regime in Spain. After almost three decades shut, the library reopened in 1967, but with some complications. Listen, you had a library with material that was, let's say, complicated for the time. If someone came here and asked to take a book out on loan, then, as in any other library, that's registered. They ran the risk, if they asked for a book considered wrong at the time, of maybe being stopped on their way out and someone questioned what they were doing. The Statue of Liberty replica is not the only secret hidden in the library. There are doors behind bookshelves, and even a Sherlock Holmes collection with up to 15,000 items open to the public. There are books, there are tapes, there are movies, clothes, we even have dolls, decks of playing cards. Anything you can imagine, it's here. Thanks to Gerard and thanks to Giuseppe Brunet at Arus Library, which is just near Arc de Triomphe in Barcelona, if you want to go and visit. I was a little bit confused by one thing, Gifre, which is, uh, you know, I don't really put Freemasonry and anarchism together. In my head, they're kind of very quite separate things. So, yeah, you know, maybe here it's not that separate. I wouldn't say it necessarily goes uh, hand in hand. But it's true that before the Franco years, the Franco dictatorship, so Freemasonry was like linked to progressive uh, way of thinking and new ways of seeing politics, such as left-leaning politics or anarchism or others. And, you know, when uh, Franco came to power after his uh, uprising and then civil war and victory, uh, he prohibited and persecuted uh, Freemasonry. And you can even sometimes hear 2023 
some very very right wing uh, leaning people talking against uh, Freemasonry. So. Okay, that's interesting. So one thing I've noticed when I go to libraries, which maybe for you, Gifres, seems you know completely normal, is that the Catalan and Spanish books are all mixed in together. So if you want to find out something about art history, you go and you know you'll you could have Spanish book, Catalan book. And, well, I suppose maybe as expected, then the other languages like English or German or whatever are in their own separate section. I suppose it makes sense because if you go, you, Absolutely. you understand both. So Absolutely. I hadn't even <laughs> made this reflection before, but it's true. It might be surprising. It may come as a surprise that it's all mixed. And when it comes to the breakdown of books, uh, only one in four is in Catalan in public libraries. So, that you know, there's a bit of a movement to try and get more Catalan books into into public libraries. Yes, but it's not going to be easy because actually the the pace of uh, books published is also one in four in Catalan. You know, we we just reported about it a couple of weeks ago. So twenty five percent of the books being published in Catalonia every year are in Catalan. The vast majority in Spanish. Vast majority in Spanish, and just like seven eight percent in other languages. I think it was 4% in English and then 2% in French or something like that. I think I kind of get from a publishing point of view, okay, you've got a big market, you've got Latin America and things like that. But then the libraries is a bit different because, you know, that's for people who are living here and stuff. So, I mean, if it was a bit absolutely closer but, to 50-50 maybe. Or... Absolutely. But you, can, you also have to think about the fact that during a lot of years, uh, publishing books in Catalonia was banned, of you know, for, for decades and decades. So they're playing a bit of a catch-up game the whole absolutely, time. Absolutely, absolutely. To get a library card is really simple process. 50% of the population in Catalonia already have one. You can do it online. There's one website for Barcelona, one website for the rest of Catalonia. But it's bit, you know it's the usual things you need, you know, your name, address. The important thing is photo ID. So that could be your passport, driving license or your DNI or NIE. Uh, you can also just call into a library as long as you have your photo ID and just do it there and then. So really simple process. And it's free, it's valid for any library in Catalonia. And one thing worth pointing out is you can go and enjoy these beautiful buildings, but actually the digital collection is vast as well. Yeah, absolutely. There are loads of ebooks, audiobooks, you know, streaming services and yeah, even films, I think you can you can borrow some films yeah, online. Yeah. And one more question, Gifrey, before we wrap up. Can you guess the nationality of the author that is most borrowed by readers in Catalonia, foreign language author? Ooh, mm, I could guess the language, probably English, but the nationality, Correct. I don't know. I'll give you a hint. Why, why would I be asking you? Um, maybe Ireland, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so the most borrowed foreign language novel is Normal People by Sally Rooney. So a good book if you haven't read it. Mm, such a surprise. Irish author there. Good. <laughs> Time now for our Catalan phrase. What have you got this week, Gifre? Sé como un libro verde. I know what that means. Same in English. To be an open book. Exactly. I guess exactly. it has the same meaning. Exactly. Someone transparent, you know, someone like uh, that is very clear or you see easily their intentions uh -huh. and ah, you're like a libro verde. Okay, you know? so that's good to know I can use it in Catalan too. Ser como un libro verde. Well, that's us for today. Thanks to everyone at the two libraries that we visited this week, especially Eugenia and Josep. Uh, thanks to Gerard for his report. And thanks to you, Gifrey, for joining me. Ah, pleasure. Talking about books, it's uh, always a pleasure. <laughs> Most importantly, thank you to you for listening. I hope that wherever you are, you have a good St. Jordi, St. George's Day. That's on the 23rd of April. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Filling the Sink. Until then, for me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adeo.